Hi, it's Dom here, pastor at Assemble Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you find what you're looking for today and that you are challenged, inspired, and equipped to live out the life that God has for you. Enjoy the message today. Good morning. The Lord is here. His spirit is with us. A little while ago, I went to the barbers. I was feeling quite, quite brave. Uh, so I said to my, my barber, who I'm getting to know quite well, I said, um, I'd like a haircut that would take about 30 years off me. And I was greatly encouraged because as he started to put the gown around me and uh, prepared to cut my thinning grey hair, he started to hum. I thought, this is fantastic. He knows exactly what he's going to do, and he's very happy about it. And I was delighted. However, then I realized that the tune he was humming was the theme from Mission Impossible. (laughs) This morning, I have a sense of uh, of Mission Impossible uh, for for two reasons. Uh, and the first reason is because of the, the, the series outline, which you'll, most of you will know is progressive overload. Well, basically, I don't pump iron and I don't do rhythmic dance. So you're not likely to hear a lot from me this morning on, on that particular subject. The only good news is that I have got overload. Uh, and the second reason why I'm, I'm apprehensive is because uh, of the specific theme for this week. How can I help people? Uh, from the vision statement, we see a church of prayer speakers and a culture that says we respect. So what's the problem? My problem is that It may be perceived that because I'm here and I've got the microphone and I've got lots of years behind me, that I'm some kind of authority on the subject of of prayer. Uh, And believe me, in all sincerity, friends, that is is far from the the reality. I am no authority. I'm not even a prayer warrior. And over the years, I've spoken to many church leaders Um, And and they, like me, would say that they're not very good at prayer. Now, maybe it's to do with everything else that crowds into our lives. But it's very, very difficult to actually, and takes an enormous amount of energy and time and prayer to actually become uh, a a true prayer warrior. And I have to tell you that in this church, in Assemble, there are some prayer warriors But I equally want to say to you, I'm not one of them. This morning, I may have preached uh, many times before, but I say in all sincerity this morning what I have very regularly said in the past, that when I preach, I'm first of all preaching to myself and then preaching to others. And it's not some kind of false grace that I offer. It's just, I want to give you the context and the reality of, uh, of my faith, my life. And so I, like many of you, 
have that sense of inadequacy when it comes to prayer. But I hope as we go on this journey this morning and we unpack a few things, that you'll get to realise that it's not about you, it's not about me. It's about what is possible through the grace of God and by the power of the, of the Holy Spirit. So where do we start? Well, of course, there's only one place we can start with one person, which is? Well, the answer is always Jesus. Don preached on John 17 um, just before we went into the, the, the Advent series. And uh, this morning... I want to, to look at John 17, but I don't want to sort of go over in detail and, and try to replicate things that, that, that Don might have said a short while ago. But I, I do want to hold up before you John 17, which um, informally is known as the high priestly prayer. The high priest being Jesus, and the, the, the importance of that for us particularly is that we don't need to go through a priest. We have a high priest. So every time we, we pray, either individually or, or, or in a group, we're going straight to the Godhead. Straight to the top man, if you like, if uh, I can use that expression with tongue-in-cheek. If you want to uh, ponder more about uh, the high priestly function, then read Hebrews, Hebrews 4. Uh, and around that passage, and, and that will tell you um, quite a lot about Jesus and the, the high priestly function. But let's, uh, let, let's dip into to John 17 and just remind ourselves uh, of the things that are, that are there. I'm going to read verse 1 of chapter 17 just at the moment. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed. Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. Maybe it's a tiny bit uh, unexpected that Jesus begins by praying for himself and his particular relationship with, with the Father in, in heaven. That's not necessarily the best way to pray. Uh, it would depend on circumstance. The circumstance for Jesus was, of course, this was pre-crucifixion. And things were hotting up. And he was getting closer and closer to that time when he would give his life uh, on a cross. So we, we start with Jesus praying for himself. Uh, I'm going to read now verses 6 to 11. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. I pray for them. I'm not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours, and all I have is yours, and all you have, is mine, and glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, 
so that they may be one, as we are one. So in this little chunk of, of John 17, we have Jesus praying for, the, for those around him, and particularly, he's praying for the disciples in these, these verses. He acknowledges their significance. They, they belong to God. There's a sense of, of ownership that the disciples were kind of owned by God because they had answered to the call. He gives thanks that they have accepted the gospel. He prays for protection as he will soon not be with them. He gives thanks, he gives thanks for their achievements, bringing glory to him. He prays for their unity, and he prays for their ongoing dedication. So the, the, the second chunk, we, we can, we can recognise within this some of the facets of the relationship that, that, that Jesus had with his disciples. And then the last chunk I want to read uh, is verses 20 to 24. My prayer is not for them alone. I, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory the glory you have given me because you love me before the creation of the world. Lots of, lots of things there, friends. But get excited about it. Go home and sometime this week. Just, just read through those, uh, those ver final verses in, uh, in, in John 17. Because he's praying for us. That's the exciting bit. He's praying for us. He's praying for unity, that, that, that we will be one, that his, his church will be one. And he's praying that the missioners, that, that, that's you and me, the missioners will cause the world to believe. <laughs> can, can, can you sort of grasp hold of that, that, that excitement? Almost part of the Great Commission within that. that the, the whole world is, is a blank canvas for Jesus. And bit by bit by bit, we're called to be missioners, to cause the world to believe. Friends, if there are some of you here this morning that are on the edge, maybe you, you do believe, but maybe you're just too far on the edge now. Maybe life has dealt you a few blows. Maybe you've not quite got to that place where you can pray intimately to our, our God in heaven. Pray to, to Jesus. Maybe for some of you, you've forgotten how to pray. Well, you haven't really. 
but you'll let it slide. If you're new to this old business, then we're going to give opportunities to practice prayer later. We're going to have opportunities to think and pray ourselves directly into heaven that the Holy Spirit might fill us and might enable us to become prayer speakers. So, so what do I take away from John 17? I take away the, the passion that, that Jesus has for those who are close to him. The prayer is, is for us some 2,000 years later. In, in, in my Bible, it says Jesus prays for future believers as a, as a heading. He gives thanks that they, we, have accepted the gospel. He prays for protection, especially as he's going to the cross. So he wants his believers to, to have that legacy and that, and that shield put around their lives. He gives thanks for their achievements. Crumbs. Those of you who are really good at beating yourself up, will you just be aware, read, meditate on that particular prayer? Because 2,000 years ago he was praying for you, praying for me. I take away from it the structure of the prayer, which we'll just look at in a, in a little more detail. The structure of, firstly, he prays for himself. Secondly, he prays for others who are closer, nearer by. Uh, and thirdly, he prays globally. He prays for everyone um, around the, the world. Note, please, his level of detail. So often we, we pray generally. Uh, but uh, Jesus is more specific in the way that, that he, he prays for, for, for other people uh, and, and his intimacy. Other things we just briefly trot through. The, the verses will come on the screen, uh, but we'll just go through them quickly. Um, firstly, to note uh, in the life of Jesus, uh, the Gospels tell us, while that it's great to pray together, there's also that time for when we need to be alone. And, and there are examples of, from Matthew of praying in, in the mountains. Jesus went up on his own to, to, to pray in, in the mountains. In Luke 5, he prayed in the wilderness. Luke 9, he prayed uh, whilst these, his disciples were not very far away, but he still needed to be alone for a moment, even from then. Um, Matthew 6, uh, he talks about praying in, in a closed room. Um, that, that particularly, I think, is um, just to stop people at that time showing off, the Pharisees showing off. Uh, we don't show off. We just sense our humility and our humbleness and our failings. Um, and there will be times when we just need to pray personally for these things. Secondly, we, the, the real blueprint we have, if John 17 is one of the blueprints, surely uh, the greatest blueprint is, uh, is the Lord's Prayer uh, from Matthew 6, centering on uh, the kingdom of God, our relationship with him. Uh, uh, and if you're like me sometimes, 
you'll find that in the Lord's Prayer, there's not what I can do, and that is pray out of my shopping list. You've got a shopping list? You know, I must pray for... Nothing wrong with being reminded of who we pray for. But actually, we need to see the totality of relating to the Godhead, which on t- at times we need to bring in the prayers for other, other people. Uh, but the greater prayers, the bigger prayers, uh, are not the shopping list ones. Praying for the kingdom of God. Praying for revival. Luke 18 tells us that uh, Jesus wanted us to pray constantly, to make it a matter of priority and routine. In Luke 18, he asks us to pray humbly and honestly. Uh, And then in uh, John 15, he talks about praying in the name of Jesus. And in John, uh, sorry, Mark 6, he talks about praying to the Father. So as we, as we now uh, bring down to earth the example of Jesus, I want us to use that, that, that structure that, that, that is there in, in, in John 17. Uh, and so firstly, praying for ourselves. Some of you are great at praying for everybody else. Some of you are not very good at praying for yourselves. Can I just remind you of the gospel of L'Oreal, that you are worth it. So it's not an act of of pride, it's not an act of superciliousness. We need to pray for ourselves as we pray for, for other people. And at the root, there needs to be honesty. There needs to be intimacy. There needs to be a desire to build the relationship with God. Just before the the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, we see that that Jesus talks about humility, of of being quiet, uh, of listening, not babbling, which uh, was a failing of some at, at that time. And then following that is the Lord's Prayer. Let me just corrupt the Lord's Prayer for a minute because I want to personalize it. Just to remind you of, uh, of the Lord's Prayer in a, in a different way. Sacred is your name to me. Your kingdom come in me. Give me daily bread and all that sustains me. Forgive me for my sins. Save me from evil. A couple of problems with praying for ourselves. One is that sometimes we struggle to go deeper. Sometimes we haven't got the time. Sometimes it's an arrow prayer because we, we cry out in desperate need to God. But also at times when we have got time, we fail to go deeper. We probably bring out the shopping list and say thanks. Sometimes we need to rid our minds of distractions. 
But, you know, sometimes those distractions that we're trying to get rid of might be the very things that God wants to hear our prayers for. The gift of tongues is one way of, of, of going deeper, where we lose the, the logic of our own language and just use heaven's language just to press deeper and deeper and deeper into God. And secondly, it's the second problem is we're very comfortable being in charge, aren't we? We like to tell God what we want and we might even go so far as to suggest the answer. But one thing is sure we pray too much in our own language, in our own ways, and not enough to listen to that whisper that is God's word. There are many things that we can use to help us in our, in our personal prayer. We start with the Bible. That's always a good place to start. So many things there that... Uh, I could give you a list, but uh, we haven't got time, time for that, of, of what's in each book and the example of prayer that, that comes out, not just from the New Testament, but, but from the Old Testament as, uh, as well. We've got books that aid uh, med meditation. Over the years, I've used Henri Nguyen, a Dutch contemplative. Bible study notes. Um, AIDS... Um, both audio and visual. Walking in nature can, can be part of the, 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 the background to, to, to prayer. Podcasts. I've no idea how you pray with a podcast, but I thought it'd sound really cool if I said it. Traditional spiritual exercises, like fasting. Now, I have to tell you, I'm convinced that there was a corruption in the translation of the word fasting, uh, and I believe an E was missed from it. And what it really says is feast. But nobody believes that. Ask around. See what works for other people in, in their prayer lives. Might get something fresh, some, something new. Praying for ourselves. Secondly, uh, we come to praying for, for, for other people. Those that we love. Those that are near, those that we love, that, that are farther away, those that are family and we might love. We pray for assemble. No, there's, that's no, uh, nothing new. We pray for our friends and, uh, and our families. One way or another, I think um, Sam said earlier, we are in community. Part of that community is to be a, a praying community. And the real Lord's Prayer, the authentic version, says our Father, our daily bread, our debts or trespasses or, 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 or sins. This church is a praying church. In, in, in a typical month, there will be ten formal opportunities for, for, for prayer, worship, ministry uh, at one level or another. But that, that's only the tip of the iceberg because there's so much prayer that does and, uh, and needs to go on between uh, 
individuals on, a, on an informal basis. Our vision statement says we are a church of prayer speakers. Now, that might be speaking out loud, or it, it could be in the sense that the Holy Spirit speaks to us. So it doesn't have to be only speaking out loud. Though speaking out loud is good in community. In, in one of my previous churches, um, I felt that the Lord was, was prompting me to uh, undertake an exercise to bring a, a mentoring process into the church. So for a few Sundays and a few midweek meetings, we were, we were thinking very seriously about how we could bring mentoring in. The conclusion at the end of these few weeks was that, that mentoring wasn't the issue at all. What the issue was, was prayer. Uh, and the one thing that came out of it, more than anything else, was that desire to have more and more prayer triplets in, in, in the church. Maybe something that uh, you think might be more possible here. And there are so many examples of Paul going from church to church and when he's away from churches for praying for the church. One verse from Colossians 1 verse 9. Since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. Paul prays for specifics, he prays for events, he prays for people, he prays for mission, he prays for, for unity. He prays for the release of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. This week, you might want to Direct your prayer, prayers in, well, you can do it in any which way you like. But let me just suggest to you that as a community of believers here this week, we might, should, be praying for Paul and Lynn uh, and Paul's mum as Paul's dad um, has his Thanksgiving service this week, isn't it, Paul? A great man of God. I never knew him. But the fact he was a Baptist minister makes him great in my eyes. We should pray for those in fellowship who we know, we know have disabling or, or chronic illnesses. We should pray this week and every week for Dom and Sam. Now that's not just a sop because I know they're here. But that is our business. That is part of our rares and detra. We give thanks to God for our church leaders. And believe me, it's not the easiest of jobs to have. Not that it's a job. And so we should constantly pray for Dom and, and, and Sam, that they may be blessed and not worn out. We should pray for community ministries, things like uh, healing on the streets or, or toddle. Uh, great things that are happening outside the, uh, the four walls. We should pray for the prodigals. If you're not sure what I mean by the prodigals, it's those who have a kind of churchless faith. Those who had strong faith and, and practiced it through, through church worship and other things. Who have just felt that 
God is not in that place. But for them, he's still with them in their wanderings. We might pray this week that God will bring the prodigals home. Maybe we should, we should, not maybe, we should be praying for our mission to youth. What mission? Well, that's exactly the point, isn't it? We have the desires. We need to pray into the, uh, the, the, the vision, the practicalities of that. And lastly, we, we need to pray globally. Uh, from Colossians, again, 1 verse 6. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit and growing throughout the whole world. Just as it has, has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. Praise God that that is so true today. That um, our modest offerings uh, are that because of the incredible things that are happening in, in other parts of the world. But this week, this week we need to push further out from our own, our own little circle. You've all seen and felt the, the pain of those affected by the earthquakes in uh, Turkey. In Turkey and Syria. We don't know what to pray. But we still need to pray. And the things that we do know to pray of praying for aid workers and such like need to be part this week surely. We need this week to pray for Ukraine. It's gone off the pages a bit and every now and again the president comes over or says something and it reappears. But that, that, that force that we, we first had of what was happening in, in the Ukraine is not quite there in the media now. We need to stir it up in prayer. Uh, brilliant that we've done the things, that Ollie's done the things with the, uh, the radiators that I still don't know we're going to plug them in. But <laughs> Brilliant things. Other things we might want to pray for prisoners of conscience. For God's kingdom will to come where we are. And lastly, lastly, I conclude with the words of our pastor. Uh, if I don't, I'll be in trouble. Uh, and in the guidance that, 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 that Dom gave for this particular service, he, he pointed to uh, some guidance. So if our pastor says this is guidance, this is guidance. Firstly, make prayer a regular part of your life. Try starting with a morning prayer of thanksgiving before looking at your phone. Bit tricky if your Bible reading's on the phone, but you'll have to circumvent that. Secondly, pray for one another more consistently and be proactive in seeking out opportunities to pray for others. Thirdly, keep a diary or list of people that need your prayers. And, and finally, oh yes, progressive overload. You might not be a prayer warrior straight away. I would add, in fact, you might never be a prayer warrior. 
But what's wrong with trying? Friends, we conclude this part uh, of our our service, our, our worship, by what I described earlier as we met for prayer was holy chaos. So now I want us to engage in holy chaos. It's no good talking about prayer, which I have done for far too long, maybe, without us praying. And so this morning we've got, we must surely have five, ten minutes where we can pray in earnest. A few clues along the way might be that you want to engage in, in, in personal prayer. Things that the Holy Spirit has been saying to you recently or said to you through communion or, or some of the things that, that um, I, I've shared this morning. Maybe you just need to package where you are in terms of your walk with God. Have you stepped over lines and thresholds? Are you open to new possibilities? Maybe that you want to pray with your neighbour, as in the one sitting close by you. Maybe some facet of, uh, of church life. Maybe you'll want to join with a, a few of your life group. You see two or three people nearby from the life group and you'd like a bit of encouragement as praying in community. Then just gather together and, um, and get stuck in in prayer. Maybe you want to sit quietly and in your notebook write down uh, something of your prayer diary of who you should be praying for in, in the coming moments. The prayer team, David and Anne, will be coming up as of now, just like that. And they, if you're struggling to utter any words... And friends, a lot of us go through that, uh, that, that, that time. If you just need to be led for them to help you listen to God. Something that you've been challenged with this week. And please, as, as we're all praying together, would you just come and receive the benefit and the guidance of, uh, of our prayer team? And then in a short while, we'll conclude with uh, our final worship song. So I can encourage you, if you want to sit there and be quiet, that's fine. Um, But you've got a bit of a chunk of time now, five, ten minutes, to uh, pray with someone if, if, if that's what you want to do. Something that's been bugging you and you just want to meet together or something, some idea that you've had for a life group. Whatever it is. It doesn't matter, we're going to, even if the room now falls completely silent, I'm not going to let you off, because we're here to pray. And it's non-negotiable. You don't have to use theological words or flowery sentences. You can pray the way you pray. But what I'm asking in, in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit, is that you take this opportunity that you get serious, that you do business, that you just praise elaborately the God who 
who loves you so much. I don't know whether the, the music group are going to play or pray. That's up to them. But um, if it goes silent, that will be the reason they decided to pray instead. Friends, just let's fill this place with prayer. That's all for now. We pray that you heard something that brought life to you today so that you may go and be the person that God called you to be. God bless you.